In today's brief, we will talk about Independence Day, the documentation of war crimes, and Dove, the international sponsor of war. I'm Yulia, and today is Tuesday, July 4th, 2023, and the United States celebration of its declaration of independence from Great Britain in 1776. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief Podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Today, the Motherland Monument in Kyiv, basically our Statue of Liberty, was lit up in a hologram of the flag of the United States as a gesture of allyship and respect. We Ukrainians, like no one else, understand the importance of showing national pride on Independence Day. And boy, will we do that on August 24th and we share a passion for our national identities and excitement to celebrate our unity as a country. We don't quite share the love of all the fireworks, though. And we sit in solidarity with your cats, dogs, and other critters who might prefer a mm, quieter celebration. A gentle reminder to those of you who live in areas highly populated by Ukrainians, veterans, refugees from other war zones, Ukrainian veterans, refugee veterans, Ukrainian veteran refugees, really any combination of thereof. Please be mindful. What is a joyful noise for you might be a painful reminder for others. On that note, let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. According to the Institute for the Study of War, the ISW, Ukrainian forces conducted counteroffensive operations in the Leman direction, the Bakhmut area, near Avdiivka and Donetsk city, western Donetsk oblast, the border area between Donetsk and Zaporizhia oblasts, and in western Zaporizhia oblast, making gains in some of them. The ISW analysts suggest that Russian command may have to start withdrawing troops from southern Ukraine or risk vulnerabilities in the area due to continued military operations around Bakhmut. Over the past week, Ukrainian forces have liberated 37 square kilometers on the Bakhmut, Melitopol, and Berdyansk fronts, according to the Deputy Minister of Defense of Ukraine, Ahanna Malyar. Ukrainian Marines shot down a Ka-52 attack helicopter with a Javelin anti-tank missile system in the area of Berdyansk, according to the 36th Marine Brigade. The Javelin is a man-portable system and can be carried and fired by an individual. Russian media sources reported that Yevgeny Pisarenko, the commander of the Chechen Ahmad Formation fighting in Ukraine for the Russian Federation, was killed in combat in the Donbass region. Aww, sad. According to Ukraine war infographics, during the first month of the counteroffensive, Ukrainian forces have damaged or destroyed 41 Russian ammunition depots and 53 Russian military bases. Nearly half of the ammunition depots were damaged or destroyed within the last week, with Deputy Minister Malyar adding that, quote, Last week, the defense forces managed to destroy high-priority enemy targets on average every 70 minutes, end quote including ammunition depots, command posts, anti-aircraft systems, and troop accumulations. Moving on to the home front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, GSAFU, reported that Ukrainian air defenses intercepted 13 of the 17 drones launched at Ukraine overnight from July 2nd to 3rd. Russian forces struck the city of Sumy with four Shahed-136 kamikaze drones on July 3rd, wounding 16 people and killing one. 
That number has now increased to two people and 19 injured. The security service building in Suma was also attacked during Russian strikes. Ukraine's National Agency on Corruption Prevention has added Unilever Corporation to the list of international sponsors of war due to their continued operation within the Russian Federation. Unilever owns brands such as Axe, Domestis, Rexona, Ben and Jerry's, Tresme, Vaseline, Lipton, Hellman's, and Dove. Dove basically, beauty for everyone, except Ukrainians. Unilever, headquartered in London and Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey, defended their decision to continue operating in Russia, saying they couldn't find a way to sell their operations without the Russian state taking their operations over. According to Unilever, the decision to stay is one that, quote, avoids the Russian state potentially gaining further benefit and which safeguards our people, end quote. It said there were no, quote, desirable, end quote, options, but that continuing to run the business with, quote, strict constraints, end quote, was the best way forward. Is it though? Is it really? Unilever contributes $735 million to the Russian economy each year. That's about 15,000 Shahed drones, assuming 50,000 USD cost per drone. 73 KH-47 Kinjal missiles at 10 million per unit, and 113 caliber cruise missiles, assuming 6.5 million per unit. Thanks, Unilever. Ukrainian writer Victoria Amalina died in the hospital on July 1st after being severely wounded during the Russian shelling of Kramatorsk on June 27th. Amalina was a field investigator for the organization Truth Hounds, documenting war crimes in Ukraine. She had been in Kramatorsk with a delegation of Colombian writers and journalists at the time of the missile strike. Next up, the temporarily occupied territories. According to Mayor of Anarhodar, Dmitro Orlov, about 100 employees of the Russian energy agency Rosatom have left the occupied Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. The armed forces of Ukraine reported that, quote, foreign objects similar to explosive devices, end quote, were placed on the roof of the third and fourth power units of the ZNPP. United 24 Media noted on Telegram that, quote, undermining them should not damage the power units but it can create a picture of shelling from Ukraine, end quote. Zelensky told CNN in an interview that Ukraine cannot be imagined without Crimea, saying, quote, as long as it is under Russian occupation, the war is not over, end quote. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. Speaking of political media, let's talk about the Russian Federation. Back on July 1st and 2nd, the Russian Ministry of Defense, the MOD, claimed that Russian forces had successfully repelled Ukrainian forces at the bridgehead near the Antonievsky Bridge on the occupied left bank of the Dnipro River in Kherson Oblast. Some Russian mill bloggers, however, noted that fighting is still ongoing and Ukrainian forces maintain some positions near the bridge. 
A prominent Russian mill blogger boosted a post from an unidentified Telegram channel which criticized several Kremlin and Wagner-affiliated Telegram channels for directly contradicting the MOD's official narrative. Now, the MOD has started undermining those Russian mill bloggers who did not push the MOD's claims regarding the claimed Ukrainian defeat. Freedom of speech, you guys. Am I right? Private military company, BMC, Wagner Group, has suspended mercenary recruitment for one month, reportedly due to their relocation to Belarus. As of July 3rd, however, no Wagner forces have been seen on the territory of the country. In a voice message published on Wagner-affiliated telegram channel Greyzone, Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin repeatedly promised, quote, further victories at the front, end quote, without providing any um, further details, or let's be honest, proof of life. Has anyone actually seen Prigozhin, like, with their actual eyeballs? In early June 2023, U.S. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby reported that a drone production factory could become operational in Russia by early 2024, with equipment supplied via the Caspian Sea by Iran. He released satellite images of two buildings in Tatarstan's Alabuga Special Economic Zone, which lies about um, 1,040 kilometers or 650 miles east of Moscow. Next, European news. Germany and Poland are reportedly struggling to reach a resolution regarding the repair of leopard tanks transferred to Ukraine. According to German publication Der Spiegel, quote, the Polish PGZ is asking for more than 100,000 euros for the primary diagnosis of the tanks. In Germany, about 12,000 euros are usually charged for such work. PGZ also does not want to give any guarantees for repairs, end quote. That's uh, really strange. What's going on, Poland? Now let's talk about the news worldwide. Admiral Rob Bauer, chief of the NATO military committee, praised Ukraine's counteroffensive, saying, quote, We saw in Normandy in the Second World War that it took seven, eight, nine weeks for the Allies to actually break through the defense lines of the Germans, and so it is not a surprise that it is not going fast, end quote. He added then, quote, It is extremely difficult, this type of operation, and I think the way they do it is commandable, end quote. Ukraine's counteroffensive is complicated due to the absurd amount of mines and other fortifications left by Russians along the front lines, slowing Ukrainian advances down. Without air superiority or cluster munitions to aid in clearing mines, the Armed Forces of Ukraine, the AFU, is doing as well as can be expected. We'll talk a little more about this in the military tech section. China's defense minister, Li Shangfu, said he hopes for regular joint exercises and patrols to be conducted by the Russian and Chinese navies, Reuters reported on July 3rd. Meeting with Russian Navy Commander-in-Chief Admiral Nikolai Yevmenov in Beijing, the minister also advocated for stronger communications at all levels between Moscow and Beijing. Some historical context here. The Russian Empire and the USSR were, with brief periods of warmer relations, hostile with China. 
Sino-Russian relations have been strained since the 17th century due to the constant Russian expansion and the Western colonization of China. During the 1917-1918 Red Revolution, the Chinese government sided with pro-Tsarist white Russians. Mao Zedong proclaimed the People's Republic of China, the PRC, in 1949 and traveled to Moscow for economic assistance. War Daddy Stalin kept him waiting for hours, humiliating Mao. There was a brief period of rapprochement in the early 1950s, but by the late 1950s, the USSR and PRC severed all diplomatic relations, with a small border war breaking out in 1969. Mao viewed the USSR as the PRC's greatest threat and turned to the U.S. President Richard Nixon in 1972. Analysis here. As China treats Russia more and more like its vassal state, Russian humiliation will be profound. As we mentioned in yesterday's brief, this could lead to an intelligence coup by the West. Remember, the United States is eager to take advantage of this once-in-a-generation opportunity to recruit Russian intelligence assets. Should the Russian state become a vassal of China, it may allow the U.S. to rebuild the human intelligence network that was gutted in the early 2010s. The U.S. and its Western allies will need every advantage they can get in Chinese intelligence. The EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen vowed to, quote, leave no stone unturned, end quote, to hold Russian President Vladimir Putin and others responsible for alleged crimes committed during the Kremlin's war against Ukraine. The international community opened a new office in The Hague to investigate and gather evidence for any future trials. The Finance Ministry of Ukraine reported on July 3rd that Ukraine's state budget has received $890 million from the International Monetary Fund under the Extended Fund Facility, or EFF, arrangement. This is the second part of a $15.6 billion support package for Ukraine under the EFF's arrangement. And finally, let's talk military tech. Germany and Denmark will deliver dozens of Leopard 1A5 tanks to Ukraine, quote, in the coming weeks, end quote, according to the German defense minister Boris Pistorius. Denmark and the Netherlands recently finalized contracts to purchase and donate 14 Leopard 2 tanks from the German arms manufacturer Rheinmetall for Ukraine by 2024. The Leopard 1A5 main battle tank, MBT, was introduced in 1987, around the same time as the Leopard 2A4. Leopard 1A5 is lighter and slower than its second-generation counterpart, because it has less armor and a less powerful engine. The first-generation MBT's 105mm gun, although not up to NATO's 120mm standard, should make quick work of Russia's Soviet-era T-62 and T-72 MBTs. Ukraine won't receive modern Western fighter jets until the current counteroffensive is completed, Rob Bauer, head of the NATO Military Committee, said in an interview with radio station LBC. The NATO Military Committee is composed of the ministers or secretaries of the defense of member nations. Bauer, former Dutch defense chief, noted that the issue of transferring fighters to Ukraine, quote, will not be solved in the short term, end quote, 
Politico reported on June 22, 2023, that the transfers are going to begin in early 2024. Ukrainian Air Force spokesperson Yuri Ignat called on Ukraine's allies to speed up transfer of F-16 jets to Ukraine, saying the Air Force is ready to begin a process of the jet transfer. Ignat also said a list of pilots prepared to depart for F-16 training, quote, as quickly as possible, end quote, was also approved. During a press conference with Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez in Kyiv last week, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky had said foreign partners were delaying the approval of F-16 training schedules for Ukrainian pilots. Training in F-16s was supposed to start in June, but, quote, the schedule is starting to shift, end quote, according to Ukraine's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Dmitro Kuleba. Kuleba, my favorite person in the world. Don't tell my dad or my French bulldog, Sinny, because you know how they get. Also, maybe don't tell my husband either. Hi, sweetie, if you're listening, I love you. In an interview with the National Joint 24-7 newscast, explained that acquiring the jets is a very complicated process. Training of pilots and engineers must occur. Infrastructure must be prepared. And legal red tape must be cut. Kuleba noted that, quote, there was a promise to start the training in June from one of the countries. Now they say that they're continuing preparations for the start of the said training. They made a mistake in the calculations. They need more time. But we do not have time. So we are speeding everything up as much as possible. End quote. Under more typical circumstances, fighter pilots learn how to operate the aircraft, choose a specialty, and perform specific maneuvers for a three-year training period. That period has been cut down to four months for the Ukrainian Air Force. No modern jets will be handed over to Ukraine until a significant number of pilots have completed their training. Ukrainian pilots with extensive flight experience using Soviet-era MiG airframes will need to adapt to changes in the cockpit sensors, control panels, weapon systems, and learn how to use, quote, hands-on-the-stick, end quote, or HOTAS technology. Most older Soviet-era jets require pilots to reach, turn, and manually manipulate levers and switches, all of which distracts from flying. In the F-16, electrical impulse technology allows for easier control of the flying systems, but means that the cockpit is configured completely differently. Further, learning HOTAS tech will take time. It allows pilots to seamlessly override flight settings if the airframe is performing a bombing mission, but needs to switch to air-to-air combat. Some analysis here. NATO's defense doctrine relies heavily on air superiority. A statistic that drives this point home. The two largest air forces in the world are the United States Air Force and the United States Navy. Lacking F-16 fighter jets to achieve air superiority and cluster munitions to clear minefields, the pace of the counteroffensive is likely to be slow. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please, consider supporting our work on Patreon, where you can access a daily rundown of everything that happened in Ukraine in the past 24 hours in a form of a news article before the podcast airs.
You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye.